All right, part three of discussing the the solutions of the Subversive Institute, and we've got uh, t- two really really compelling pieces of literature the Subversive Institute's put out here, and excited to to talk with you about these. The first is the the document titled Twenty One Things Baltimore Has to Give Up," and as you you said in the beginning, uh, change requires sacrifice. So, talk to us about what what we need to sacrifice as a city. Well, um, <laughs> there's a lot of things we're going to have to sacrifice. Some of them, I think, are going to be some items of comfort. I think there's some things we've gotten used to being able to do that I'm just not convinced we'll be able to do them anymore. I, I really believe that we're in a state of emergency. Everybody knows that who knows me, so... I am willing to live for a time, you know, having to be in at nine o'clock at night in order to see gun violence reduced. Um, I'm willing to do that. I think there's other citizens that would be willing to do that. I think to gain something, you have to give up something, but that's definitely something that needs to happen. But, you know, Hunter, as we talk to citizens, we've, there's quite a few. We came up with 21. We could have listed 40. Um, but we boiled them all down. Um, but, uh, you know, that's definitely one of them. And, uh, I, I think that we're, we're kind of comfortably uncomfortable. So no one's really happy with where the city is, but I don't really see the type of outrage and maybe on social media, but that doesn't do anything, right? It just, this online outrage doesn't change anything. Um, but I, I feel like we're kind of comfortable in our uncomfortableness, and we think it's righteous to be uncomfortable, and but yet to be comfortable. But it doesn't change anything. So I think one of the things we're going to have to give up is our comfort and just say to ourselves, you know, if we really want to see change, we, we might have to sacrifice some things for a little bit to see some things get different. We talked about in the social revolution document that we believe those people who run the city need to not only hear us, but feel our voice. And we talked about some ways that they could feel our voice, like fiscal boycotts or having our middle school and high school kids walk out during the park tests, like feel our disgust. And I don't, I've been told a number of times that the greatest kind of barrier to the things we're talking about is apathy. Just the fact that people are like, yeah, I see a problem. It sucks. It's horrible. But, you know, let's, let's, let's go get a chicken box or let's, you know, go to Miss Shirley's or let's go do what we're going to do, right? Um, I just... I think that that's something that's we're gonna have to give up. Mm-hmm. And what what do you think keeps a lot of us in in that apathy? Why why do we find that so hard to let go of? Well, there's a few things. One, we're creatures of habit, so you know when you when you do something day after day and month after month and year after year, you think it's normal, and so. One of the things that keeps us where we are is we're habitual creatures. 
I'm used to hearing people get shot. It doesn't bother me. You know what's weird is when I have relatives come visit Baltimore and they hear a gunshot, they totally freak out. Because the only time they hear gunshots is when people shooting their shotguns at the range or hunting. Like they're like, what? That was a gunshot? This is a city. What's going on? Someone gets shot. Oh, yeah. They hear sirens. I remember someone came to visit <laughs> and, and you know, there's a police helicopter and they were just freaked out because you only, you, you know what I mean? There's, we have just, we've been desensitized. We've been kind of anesthetized socially to where what keeps us is we think this is normal. It is what it is. It's not what it is. It shouldn't be what it is. It's not normal. But that's what keeps us. But another thing that keeps us as well is fear. We're just all afraid. Now, we're Baltimore and all this, but really, we're, we're all afraid. You know how I know we're afraid? Because we're not willing to try anything. And that's fear. Fear says, nope, don't do that. Don't try that. No, you don't want to do that. You can't have every leader step out. Why not? Because then what's going to happen? Is it going to be worse than it is now? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, all right, have, have them step out sequentially. One every two months. Get out. We'll replace you. At this point, I would close my eyes, spin me in a circle, and I'll point to the nearest citizen. Let's do a draft. Let's just draft people and put them in there. I mean, could they make it worse? I don't think so. So, but what would keep us from some of these things? It's just we're afraid. So we get stuck because it's all we know. We don't think there's any different, and we get stuck because of fear. One of the other 21 things in, in the list is excluding 13 to 30-year-olds from participating in, in the solutions. So I, I know this is a big passion of yours, but talk a little bit about your passion to see the youth involved. Yeah, well, you know, I believe the future is behind us. And so if we want a future, we've got to involve the future, which is people behind us. I believe that we have created this mess. If you're older in Baltimore, you're complicit. You, you helped to create this either by actively or passively sitting by and watching this happen. It is what it is. I mean, people don't like that, but no, it's a pot. No, it's all of our faults. We have let this happen to our city. And I think that if you search history, as a rule, if you want new things, you need new things. <laughs> and so young people have energy, they have ideas, but we've clogged everything up and, you know, we, we, we tell them, hey, man, you got to wait till you're like 60 years old to be in office. Why? I think we need to have pathways to give them a voice. And not just a voice, but a place. Um, you know, yeah, young people, oh, there's things young people don't know. Yeah, but we've got people who are 50, 60, 70 years old running our city. How's that going? So age doesn't make you smart. It should make you wise, but that's not always the case. And so I just believe that uh, a large percentage of our city is young. I think they have zeal. They have something us older people don't have. That's called energy. They have ingenuity. They're more. They're less averse to risk. They're willing to do things outside the box. And I think that we could really see some cool things happen in our city if the young people believed this was their city too. 
And they not only had a voice, but they could play a strategic role in changing it. And what that would mean is by bringing them to the table. It's, it would be, like I said, a revolution. A revolution would be throw the old guys out, bring some new people in, bring some 18 years old, bring some 20-year-olds to sit on the city council. Bring them in with their fresh ideas. Create boards and advisory boards of young people, high schools. Uh, divide them into like east, west, or districts, or communities, or whatever. So these they could come together. You you put you put um, say you put uh, ten seniors in high school together, and you tell them, hey. We want y'all to meet for six months, once a month for three hours. We'll buy you guys lunch, give you a whiteboard room, and you guys come up with solutions for gun violence. Dude. You know, I mean, we're not going to agree with everything, but they'll come up with some stuff. I want to hear from them. I think they have ideas, and I think they're our future. And I think uh, if you want something new, you got to have something new. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Uh, another one too. I want I want you to get a chance to to speak to is um, something you mentioned before, but but spending more of our time talking about problems than solutions. So, how do we break that habit and and uh, how do how do we overcome that? Yeah, you know why it's hard to break a habit is because you already have a habit. Habits are hard to break. I think God made us to be habitual creatures. And we're supposed to have habits, but some of our habits aren't good. <laughs> and so when you have a bad habit, it's hard to break it because it's a habit. It's not just a thing. It's a habit. It's entrenched. And we have a habit of talking about our problems a lot. There's Everyone wants to have a conversation. Everyone wants to dialogue. Uh, I mean, if you don't talk about stuff, it doesn't fit, get fixed, but... Man, there's a lot of talking in Baltimore, and there ain't, I don't see a significant reduction in gun violence. Do you? It's a lot of talking in Baltimore. I don't see the education system being radically improved. There's a lot of talking in Baltimore. We could go down the list. That's talking. Talk shows. Talk, 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 talk. I just want to see some implementation. I want to see some people um, get some stuff done. And so how could we do that? We rebel. We stop talking, we start doing. We start talking, we stop talking about problems and we say, we're going to go into this room and here's the rule. We're not allowed to talk about a problem. We're only allowed to talk about solutions. That's how you change it. So, you know, at our symposiums, you've been to a few of them. We start talking about gun violence. People start throwing out solutions. We start talking about the problem. But the problem with that is, and the problem with that is, and the problem with that. We go, great, that's the problem. What's a solution? And typically, what do we hear on our silence? It's like we're trained to assess and talk about problems, but we're not trained to come up with solutions. The way to change that is to change that. So, you know, if you want to create a new habit, you got to start today. And so I think it's an intentional effort to get together and say, let's just talk solutions. And I want to warn you, when you start, that can be very frustrating because we're so used to assessing and criticizing. And social media has just made us all experts at problems. Um, but we need to gravitate towards solutions for sure. So I'd rather be around a group that has 10 solutions I think are m the most horrible idea in the world than be around a group that just told me 10 reasons why that's a problem. You also uh, list that leaving the city is something we have to get up. So 
uh, speak to that and and uh, encourage the citizens why why we have to stay. Yeah, I think that. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't think leaving the city is like a sin. No one's going to hell for leaving the city, but um, you know. One of the presuppositions that the Subversive Institute is founded on is the parable of the Good Samaritan. But what we do with it is we take a little liberty and we make the man who was assaulted, we make the man the city. And then we, the citizens, become the Samaritan, collectively, holistically. Like, what are we doing about us? We, as a city, are being assaulted. How do we help one another? And I just think, you know, Jesus said, okay, which one showed love? The priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? Priest and Levite walked by and kept walking. And I just think, personally, I came to a point to where I felt like I either had to try to do something or leave the city. And leaving wasn't right for me. Doesn't mean I won't ever move from Baltimore, but leaving without trying to do something to change the city is immoral for me. I mean, as a Christian, love your neighbors yourself. How am I doing that by going to church, shopping, doing all the things I do, voting, but yet there's six, seven, eight, nine, ten things in Baltimore City that haven't changed in 10 years since I've been there? What that means for me, Hunter, is I exist with no impact. That's unacceptable for me. I think that's unacceptable for thousands of people in Baltimore. They feel the same way. Some of us don't know what to do. but So I, I think if everyone just leaves, the problems don't change. Someone has to stay. But watch this. Not just stay and complain. Not stay and vote the same way and behave the same way and do the same things. Because if you stay and you do all that, you're complicit. You contribute to the problem. You have to stay and do something. And we want to encourage you, join the revolution. <laughs> yeah, that's powerful. Well, before we move on, I want to make sure I, I didn't uh, skip over any of these you want to talk about. So any of the other 21 you want to, you want to speak to or you want to leave it there? Yeah, I mean, that, you guys can go on there and check them out and agree, disagree. But we, we'd love for you to go on there. And remember, the premise behind this is that, hey, collectively, these are things that we talk to citizens about that uh, people are in pretty general agreement about a lot of them that we're going to have to give some things up to change. And, um, you know, I mean, I want to lose weight and eat Krispy Kremes. But that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I want to finish an Ironman this year, but I don't want to train. That's not going to happen either. What I realize is, now, if you want to finish an Ironman, you got to train 10, 12, 15 hours a week. And if you want to lose weight, you're going to have to lay off some of the Krispy Kremes. And if we want to see Baltimore City changed, there are some things we're going to have to give up for sure. And I think um, I'd love for people to read the 21, give us feedback on it, and uh, pass it around and talk about it. Come up with your own list. Maybe you look at these 21 and go, man, they missed the mark. Here's seven they didn't even talk about that we need to give up. Great. Publish your own. Join the revolution. Put the word out. Let's work together and try to do something in this city. And, um, yeah, that would be legit. That's great. We'll, we'll uh, begin to draw our, our discussion of the solutions to a close by 
discussing what I think is a, a metaphor you, you've used that really captures a lot of what we've talked about and is really just helpful. And that's uh, the, the the document you've you've written titled "Baltimore Has an Autoimmune Disease." So um, explain the explain the disease to us. Yeah, well, uh, I became aware of this because my wife has one, and I know there's many people who are going to listen to this who either are directly or indirectly impacted by people who have autoimmune diseases. And uh, you can read the, the document. It defines what it is. And, and uh, I, I love parallels and illustrations because they, they make things clear. But basically, when you have an autoimmune disease, your body which is supposed to identify, let's call them bad guy cells, viruses, and send good guys to attack those cells to get rid of them, that's a healthy body. When you have autoimmune disease, your body can't really differentiate or tell the difference between a bad guy and a good guy. So it will send the quote-unquote good guys to attack the good cells. So all of a sudden, your body turns on itself. Uh, and that's a bad thing. It's very painful. Some people die because of this. Some people are living in um, pain every day of their life because they have autoimmune disease. There are a lot of autoimmune diseases. They're in the kind of autoimmune family. I'm not a doctor, um, but I started thinking about this in a month or so ago. When I'm going around talking to people and, you know, I've heard, had people tell me, you know, you need to shut Subversive Institute down. Oh, you need to be doing that. Oh, that's horrible. You need to do that. And I thought to myself, wow, that's interesting. It's just interesting, the resistance. And then I've heard people on radio and I know there's some people in our city doing some great things. There's some great organizations in our city doing some great things, great people doing great things for change. And I've talked to them and they're like, yeah, you know, the people telling us not to do this. I was like, wow, there's actually resistance. And I thought about autoimmune. Oh. And then the more I dug in, I was like, yeah, we, we have an autoimmune. So remember you asked a while back, Hunter, you said, why are we stuck? This is one reason why we're stuck. Because we have what I would call a sociological autoimmune disease as a society. But particularly, Baltimore has one. And here's how it works. There are people in Baltimore City that want to fix and change the city. They're, they're good cells. They're good agents. But the city sometimes can't differentiate, and so they get attacked and hindered and burdened and taxed so that they're rendered incompetent. Like, they, they can't do what they need to do. Meanwhile, the bad guys... They run rampant. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they're running rampant. You know, if you got a if you got a gun and you want to shoot people, you're all good, man. There's a good chance we're not going to catch you. We don't have enough people. The police department. Da 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 da. da. So it, it it almost seems like the bad guys can do whatever they want, whereas the good guys' life's so much harder for them, and particularly when it comes to, hey, how do we change the city? And so I really believe that if you're in office or not in office, we should want what's best for the city. That's what I believe. And sometimes what's best for the city is not 
individually best for me, but it's best for the city. And I think we should be willing to take that. And the last thing I'll say is um, sometimes if you have a particular, like a cancer, you know, when um, we just believe that Baltimore has like cancer and um, Advil and Gatorade and water and rest is not going to fix Baltimore. We need surgery. We need chemo. And the thing about it is, is when you give a person chemo, the chemo kills the good cells and the bad cells. Because the bad cells are that bad. That the only way to get the bad cells, because the bad cells are inextricably linked to the good cells, they're wrapped up feeding off of them, breeding off of them, multiplying off of them, is you got to take out the whole thing. And, and what are we saying? We need to kill good people in Baltimore? No. What we're saying is Baltimore is not going to get better without us giving something up and suffering. So when people say, you can't call the guard in here, I don't want a curfew, that's autoimmune. The National Guard are going to come in here and shoot us. We're already being shot by our own. What are you talking about? They're not going to come in here and shoot us. Larry Hogan's a racist. Autoimmune disease. It's, it's, it's whenever someone says, here's a solution and this would actually work and it would actually work and there's resistance, that's autoimmune. Failure to differentiate between good and bad. And that keeps us stuck. And there's only one way out of that, and that's revolution. Yeah, I think that 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 metaphor really captures in a in a helpful way and a in in a, a way that helps us recognize the challenge and, and what's before us to change the city. I think that's um, as you say, really, really illuminating to to everything that we've talked about. So it's been it's been really cool to see this first round of solutions come out. I know many, many more in the works and that these solutions are going to be engaged with and criticized and altered and tweaked. And I'm excited for that, that whole process to, uh, to start. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And I think, um, I think that it's embedded in us to want to succeed, but we all know that in areas like this, we're probably looking at a lot of failure prior to success. And I think the, person who wants to see Baltimore changed has to be willing to fail before they succeed. Because what we know about American history and change is failure preceded success. So if you're bent on, nope, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this once and right. It's not going to work that way. It's going to, it's going to work messy. Like we're just going to work our way through this the best we can. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited that there are there are people who are joining us and there are other people who don't even know us, who love the city, who are working on solutions, and they're doing a great job at seeing the city change. So I'm hopeful. Yes, great. Well, the subversiveinstitute.org has all of the solutions we've discussed in these podcasts and uh, more sure to come uh, there. <laughs>